Amen. Okay. We're going to pray for this today. And then we're going to move into the message. So just pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave. Thank you, God, that you're a giver and we're to be imitators of you. Would you teach us these things? Would you grow us in this this truth, Lord? Right now, I pray for anyone who's been traumatized by manipulative people that have used money to manipulate them. I release healing to them right now, not so that they give today, so that they would be free, Lord. Release them from that in Jesus' name. In fact, if someone's popping up in your head right now, like a pastor who was manipulative with money, or you perceive them to be, you need to forgive them. Forgiveness frees the forgiver. So stop holding yourself in chains. We release forgiveness, healing right now over money in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for a wise stewardship strategy. We thank you for multiplication of what you give us so that we can see the lost found, the found free, and peace reign in our city in Jesus' name. We also pray today for this message. We pray for the messenger. We bless him. We say we thank you for him. Trying to give you what to pray here, you know. (laughs) This is for you, not for me. Lord, help him have a clear mind. Help him to say only what you're saying and do only what you're doing. Just speak from you, Lord, just as your word says, that he may be an oracle of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, I'm speaking today. And yes, I was hoping you were praying for me. So, (laughs) hallelujah. We're in this series called Family Business, okay? And we've been answering the question, is the church a business? Short answer is no. But it is the family business of God. Amen? Can I get an amen? It's the family business of God. This is what the Father's business looks like. Raising up people, building people who are whole. Building big people. Yeah? And God is in the business of building a healthy family. Are you with me? He wants a family that's moving at his pace, moving when he says to move, stopping when he says to stop. He wants to build a family who is whole, nothing missing, nothing lacking, healed, delivered, set free, walking and making peace. Are you with me? That's God's business plan right there. So we should be about the father's business. We should be hoping to do it the way he's doing it, partnering with heaven. Are you with me? Yeah, it's a really good idea to get a Jewish business partner. Jesus is a Jew, just, that's what makes it a joke. I like dad jokes, so that's why I like that video. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we need to partner with God to build the way he's building, amen? Amen. That comes to your finances. That comes to money, absolutely. We start talking about money, it gets real quiet, everyone gets real weird. It's because of the trauma, because there's been such abuse of it. But you do not neglect an abused child, you nurture them. The worst thing you can do is neglect an abused issue, you need to nurture it back to health. So that's what I'm attempting to do, are you with me? Okay, good. So, here's the bottom line today. I want you to walk away with this. Kingdom stewardship equals multiplication. Kingdom stewardship equals multiplication. In the kingdom of God, if you're stewarding what he gives you, you're multiplying it. You're not maintaining it. You're not keeping the status quo. You're multiplying. So I asked this a couple weeks ago, but one of the big questions about that is when it comes to your money, are you working for your money or is your money working for you? Are you serving money or is money serving you? Only you can answer that in your heart. We should serve God and money should serve us. That's a kingdom principle. You cannot love God 
and love money. The love of money is the root of every kind of evil. Are you with me? Because it replaces the love of God. That's why it's the root of every kind of evil. Just doing a little recap here. This has all been, this is week three. We've talked about this, but I'm just bringing it back for you. I love uh, my, my friend Jim. He says it this way. He says, you should never have to ask money for permission to obey the Lord. The Lord moves on your heart to do something. You should never have to consult the God of your bank accounts. Say, mm, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. That requires resource. That requires multiplication. That requires good stewardship. You should be able to meet every need that comes across your path. Hear that? That's the sound of conviction. The church needs to get to the place where we don't work for money. Our money works for us. Where we're not struggling to pay the bills. We are a resource center for the world. I said it a couple weeks ago, but it's coming back to mind now. You know what I would have liked to have seen in the pandemic? Instead of all this squabbling and everything else, I would like to see the church of Tampa Bay rise up and say to the federal government, hey, thanks, no thanks on your stimulus checks. We got it. Don't worry about the eviction thing. We paid their mortgages. Go send the money where there are no Christians. That's what I would have liked to see. These checks, we don't need them right there. And this is wrong. At least they're trying. You should multiply what God gives you in such a way that you can meet every need that comes across your path. We're, but we're so warped. We're like, I don't even know if I can have money. Am I allowed to make money and be a Christian? Do I get a secular job? Let me help you. There is no secular job if a Christian holds it. The job becomes sanctified the minute you start doing the job. Hello? Because people get sanctified, not things. This whole secular, sacred divide takes the Lord's prayer and throws it out the window. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hello? Okay. I'm going to get back to my notes. Hallelujah. Our money needs to work for us. Jesus spoke about money more than most everything else, just so you know. You think, why do you think it's one of the most opposed things, right? <laughs> money and healing, those are the two things that are the most opposed thing against the church. Two of the things Jesus talked about most, right there. We're going to read Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation, just so, because it, it's a new translation. Hopefully, it'll break some of the Maybe if you feel like you know this parable or whatever, it'll help you. Let me help you right now. If you think you already know a parable that Jesus said, you don't know nothing. There are so many layers and depths to every word that Jesus says. If you're like, oh, I know that one. No, you don't. You don't know anything. Just this is Pastor Caleb helping you. This is from the depths of my love for you. But I say, don't be prideful. Take the seat of the learner. You're called a disciple. That's the word learner. If you are not learning, you are not a disciple. <laughs> you have nothing left to learn. You're not a disciple either. Okay. Just felt necessary for a second there. I don't know why. It, oh, it's for all those other Christians on live stream. Not for anyone in this room. Definitely not. Anyone. I get it. Yeah, all those on live stream. Those other Christians over there. 
That's who I'm talking to. Just pass off your conviction to the live stream. Go ahead. It's okay. They can take it. They can take it. <laughs> Listen, I love what my mom says. She's right here. If the shoe fits, kick it off. Just kick it off. That's not my shoe. I don't want it. It fits, but I don't want it. Okay? Are you going to be okay? You got like 20 more minutes to this. Are you all right? You're going to be all right? <laughs> okay. It might feel like a business seminar in about three seconds, but this is the Bible, okay? Jesus said this. Again, heaven's kingdom is like. Say, heaven's kingdom is like. Heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. Ruh-roh. Wait, doesn't God love us all equally? Yeah, but he gives you according to your ability to manage. Lord, I need, I need, I need. No, no, no. You need to grow in your ability to manage. And then he'll give you more. That was totally free. Just a side note. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out. Say immediately. immediately. Quickly got to work. He immediately went out and traded with the money. And he doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. All right? That's the equivalent of cash under the mattress. That stuff is losing value, you guys. Stop it. it just put it in a savings account, please. Something. Stop it. <laughs> just trying to help you. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. It says, after much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with the servants. Can you think of another master who's going to return to settle accounts with his servants? That's what he's talking about. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought the 10,000 saying, see, I've doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, you've done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you've been faithful, a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. I heard Chris Volatin say this recently. It's so good. God's reward is more responsibility. I don't actually, just no offense, I don't really believe in retirement in the kingdom. I believe in more responsibility being given. God's reward is more responsibility. I'll give you more. You're faithful to manage a small sum. I'll put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of your Lord. Then the one who had been entrusted with one, I'm sorry, same thing happened. I skipped it, but same exact thing. The one entrusted with 2,000, committing a servant, he replied, you've done well, proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Did I mess you up? You got me. Commending a servant, the master replied, you have done well. Yeah, there you go. Okay. You will experience the delight of your, Lord, of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of your Lord. Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, look. It's always bad when you have to go, look, 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 look. That's not really what it says, but it's just funny. Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the back of others. I was afraid of you. So I went and hid your money and buried it in the ground. But here it is. Take it. It's yours. 
But the master said to him, you're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and business, shrewd and ruthless businessman, everyone say this with me. If you knew, let me put that in proper context with my study of the Greek and everything else. It's like, if that were true, if that's truly who I was, if you knew that, if you knew it to be true is really a statement. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it back with interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, whoa, 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 hold up, man. I didn't lose a dime. I kept it all. I wasn't unfaithful. Hello? <laughs> because... You were unfaithful. I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. Literally the opposite of socialism. I have heard, oh, Jesus. In the last, no. At some point in my life, I have heard preachers literally say with their words, Jesus is a socialist. Not according to Jesus. <laughs> I'm not talking about social programs where we help disenfranchised people for a time. I'm talking about the ism, the principle, the bedrock of socialism. Okay? I'm for social programs. We should be spearheading them. Hello? <laughs> okay. I'm saying socialism, where if you make a lot, you don't need it all. Let's give it to the one who made very little, and we'll even this thing out. No. The only people who win in that situation are the politicians, just so you know. And it's not the kingdom. He says, for the one, he ends this parable, the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. Then the master said to his other servants, now throw that good for nothing servant far away from me into the outer darkness where there will be great misery and anguish. Ooh, harsh. What happened to happy Jesus? What happened to, you know? Listen, man. God is a rewarder of faithfulness. And the kingdom of God, stewardship in the kingdom of God equals multiplication. Not maintaining, but multiplying. Here's some key points from this passage. This is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. True? Is that what he said? The kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man. Right there, some of us are out. We're like, no, 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 no. Wealthy people aren't in the kingdom. We're poor in spirit. Yeah, finish the statement. Poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. That means you know you need God. It's not broke. People preach it that way. It's not true. I don't care who told you. They're wrong or they lied. Okay? How do you help the poor if you're poor? You can't. How do you give to those in need if you're the one in need? There's a proverb. I should have prepared it. I'm sorry. Apologies. You can find it. But it says, do not refuse anyone who asks of you. What? I'm supposed to, every time somebody asks me, I'm supposed to get. Yeah, that's how much abundance you're supposed to be walking in. I don't know. I can't buy that car because they'll think I'm self-centered and I don't. 
This is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. The wealthy man is the master. People think Jesus was broke. No, no, no. He just was playing. He's walking around here looking normal for a few years. He is not like you. I told the Lord I would make no apologies today, so I refuse to apologize. <laughs> he came to earth, unrobed himself from glory, and became a normal human being. That doesn't make him a broke man. Okay? The streets are paved with gold where he lives. Okay? Concrete. Gold. Hello? Okay. I don't think we, you know, a Christian should have money. I don't think they should be wealthy. You're not going to like heaven at all. Not even a little bit. You're going to hate it there. Mansions? You gave that a mansion? You should sell that and give it to the poor. Okay, Judas. Jesus is the master who gave gifts and went away into the heavenly realm. And he's coming again. Amen. Amen. I don't understand this next statement, but I believe every word of it. Jesus is coming again in bodily form. I don't fully understand that statement. I'm one of the few that will tell you I don't understand that whole thing, eschatology. I'm not prideful enough to say, I, I got it. I know what it is. I'll teach you. No. I got a crap ton of questions, sorry. A lot of questions, more questions than answers. But I know this is true. He's coming again in bodily form. The way he went is the way he will come. Okay, he's coming back to find out how well you multiply what he gave you. You are one of the servants in this story. Each of us have different abilities to manage. And he gives us according to our ability. But many of us just stuff in the mattress, hoping not to be poor. We need to make sure we are multiplying what God has given us. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every part of your life. Time, talent, treasure. This is a picture also of using someone else's money to make more money. It's like a business loan, okay? The church, we, uh, I think we do a disservice when we talk about debt a lot of times because we, we talk about consumer debt. We don't talk about financial leverage. Like your mortgage on your house is financial leverage. You're using the bank's money to buy a house. Yeah? And then that house hopefully will go up in equity and you can sell it or refinance it or whatever and give yourself a better financial position. That's financial leverage. Are you following me? It cuts both ways because if the market tanks, uh-oh, that's where you hold on for dear life. Okay, if you can make the payments, you're fine, right? Are you following me? I know you're like, this, would you just preach the Bible? I am. I am talking about what Jesus is talking about. Financial leverage. We use that to get in this building, okay? We did. We own this building. We do. Some people don't believe me. They're like, oh, no, you're, you're renting. No, I, I own, we own it. We have the title. We have the deed. It's ours. Okay, how'd you do that? Well, we had a seller financing deal where we was like renting to own with a down payment of 150000 
30,000 was given, 120,000 was a private note from a person in our church, and then the seller financing was a deal where at the end of five years, he had to pay off the rest, a balloon payment. Are you tracking with me so far? We have already just, how, what month was it? Was it February? January? In January, this past year, this year, sorry, we were able to refinance because of the, we had an assessment, what is it called? The appraisal, thank you, Scott. An appraisal, we put in toilets, we put in AC, we put in all this stuff. We raised the value so high, we were able to refinance to pay off both the private loan and the five-year uh, situation, and we have one mortgage, virtually the same payment. That's kingdom stewardship. In less than two years of being in the building, we focused on raising the equity, getting it back. This is really Scott Smiley's brilliance. He's an incredible kingdom steward. This is really all him. I'm like, we should do what? Okay, good. I like it. What will it do, Scott? Just give me the bottom line. He's like, this is going to, like, I like it. Do it. Let's do that thing. <laughs> Straight up. That's stewarding to multiply. We don't have that, that balloon payment looming over us. We don't have that private note still out. Everybody got paid, and we kept the same payment virtually. Almost the exact same. Same interest rate, too. Virtually the same. Better. Sorry. I'm learning. Better interest rate. We did that in the middle of a pandemic. That's kingdom stewardship. The church like, I don't know if we should have a profit margin. Isn't that just a business? No. Non-profit doesn't mean no profit. It means no shareholders who take a profit. Are you with me? We can't liquidate this all. Me and Scott go on a cruise to Tahiti and just hang out. Can't do that. It's illegal. All right? We need to profit. We have program revenue. Jesus Lab is program revenue that's used for other ministries. This is how we fund this place. Are you okay? Using someone else's money to make more money is called financial leverage, okay? It's a good thing. Consumer debt, which is quickly, consumer debt is like you go to lunch today, you put it on the credit card, and you eat all of it, and the only thing you get from it is the passing through. <laughs> you get a few nutrients, the rest just goes right through. You've consumed it, all right? And the church needs a movement, but not that, all right? We need a movement. <laughs> Of bad beliefs, of bad, of trauma with money, of all this stuff. Come on. We need to understand. We're supposed to not consume, but contribute. So if you're buying those new pair of Jordans and wearing them and not keeping them on the shelf and letting them gain equity and selling them again, if you're using a credit card to do that, that's consumer debt. That's usury. That's the debtor being servant to the lender. Now you work for the bank. It doesn't retain or increase equity. It's usury. Are you with me? Okay. You're like, why are we talking about money and debt and stuff? Because Jesus did. It's important. I want to point out that the one who did not multiply, but only saved, stuck it in the mattress, was given the title untrustworthy and lazy. Why? Why? Because he kept it for himself. He wouldn't risk stewarding it because stewardship is a risk. You take risks. I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. I don't know. I feel like somebody needs a practical like step. 
like, I feel like this is going to help somebody. Here's what Jamadi and I do. We give the first 10% of all of our income. We give it away. First 10%. We invest the second 10%. An investment can look like paying down credit cards or actual investment. That's investing because you're not losing, right, with the interest rate. Are you with me? And then we live off 80%. If we can't, if we can't afford it on 80% of our income, we don't buy it. We don't do it. Are you with me? It's just a really practical way to do it. Give 10, invest 10, live off the rest. Do it by percentage. I'm not even talking about giving here. I don't care. As long as you give into the kingdom. I'm not worried about it. We're doing fine. You should give if this is your family. We talked about that. But I'm not worried about it. Wicked and lazy, one translation says. Oh, it's like, you mean when I save my money, you think I'm wicked and lazy? Yes. When I just refuse to spend it? Yes. Lazy. I know, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound right. It's from the mouth of the Lord. You need to deal with it. The Bible offends my theology all the time. Okay? The Bible messes with my view of God all the time. Jesus is the master, and he is not ruthless like the servant took him to be. Listen, the servant didn't multiply because he mistook the nature of the master. Is, can you, I'm just submitting this to you. Do you think Jesus is the master in this parable? It's a parable. It's a metaphor. You think Jesus is the master? Okay. If so, is he ruthless and, and gets a profit off the back of others in the wrong way? That's literally what the servant said. Jesus didn't take that title. And said, he said, if, the, if you knew that to be true, then you would have put it in the bank. You're actually just lying. You're just lying. But he mistook the nature of the master. And we also will not steward what he gives us if we mistake his nature because we're not risking anything because we're not sure he has our back. But if you understand he's the father, you understand he wants to cover you, you understand that risking unto his glory, he will reward even if you miss. Are you with me? When we misjudge the nature of God, we will be untrustworthy and lazy when it comes to what he gives us. So it's about understanding his nature. Understanding he's good, that God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. So the master took from this servant and gave to the one with 10. Why didn't he give it to the one with two? Because he's making a point. The one with 10 was even more faithful because there's more yield. More was produced. I'll put it this way. The kingdom was advanced further. Hello? But it wasn't even his when he said, you know, even what, I'll give you even more. It was never his in the first place. So what was he faithful, or what was he really being commended for? He was being commended for his faithfulness, not for the amount of increase. Are you with me? So, let me just say it this way. God rewards good stewardship. God rewards faithfulness. God wants to reward you when you are a faithful steward. And some people are like, I don't need a reward. I'm just going to heaven. Okay, I'll take yours. I'll take it. It's fine. Good. Like I said, you aren't going to like heaven very much if you aren't into the idea of reward. But God does not steal from those who steward things well and give to those who are without. No. Let me say it again. God does not steal from those who steward things well and give it to those who are without. That's the essence and principle of socialism. You have done well. 
We're going to take that now at the end of a gun, by the way. And you're going to get over here. You can't call it generosity when a gun's to your head. When there's an element of force, it's not from your heart. That's why I'm serious. No grumpy givers. Please. Please. I don't want your manipulation money. We don't want it. It will taint our offering. Please. Please keep it to yourself. The one who is faithful will be given even more from what he has earned from his faithfulness. Are you with me? He was put in charge of more because of his faithfulness, not because of the increase. I just want to make that very clear. Because the other one was given more responsibility too. And he didn't bring home the bacon the way the first guy did. Yeah? Okay. But the one who is unfaithful will have even what he has taken away. Time, talent, treasure. Feel like Father Time is stealing your days like a thief? Probably not stewarding your time very well. You heard that phrase? Father Time steals our days like a thief. First of all, I have a father, and his name isn't Time. He's over time. So this is idolatry. False God, number one. Number two, it's probably an excuse for your bad time management. Because if you were stewarding your time, you'd be multiplying it. Your talent can't teach an old dog new tricks. Are you kidding me? First of all, you're not a dog. My name means dog, okay? Caleb, sorry if anyone's named Caleb, didn't this offend you? But the Hebrew root is dog, okay? It's like a pit bull, like a dog with a bone, like, will not let go. That's what I mean. So you're welcome. It's actually Caleb Marcus, and Marcus means warhammer. So I'll bark at you, I'll hit you over the head, and it's my mama's fault. (laughs) Or you can thank them. Either way, however you look at it. Your talent, you should be learning new skills. I'm not good at technology. Stop cursing yourself and go take a class. Stop it. I just don't know how to use that thing, the Google. Can you help me find this on the YouTubes? No. Listen, you need to multiply your talents, okay? Or you're not stewarding them. This is just the gift God gave me. This is what I have. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it for myself. I don't need to bless anyone else in any other way. Your treasure. Got to find a way to receive wisdom from God to multiply the money he gives you. Everything in your bank account is his, just so you know. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. You might not believe me, but I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. He owns it all. I can say that because I love you. I weep over you. I wept this morning. As everyone's coming in, I'm weeping because I feel the burden of God for you to walk in his life and life abundantly. Instead of these false traditions of men that I'll tell you what it is. It's the doctrine of demons. That's what Paul called. You know, if the, if the devil can keep you sick and poor, you're not going to be anywhere near effective towards the kingdom of God. Hello? So, are you stewarding your time? Are you stewarding your talents? Are you stewarding your treasure? I'll tell you, is it multiplying? That's the only hotel. So what has God given you? And are you stewarding it to multiply? The kingdom of God does not maintain, it multiplies. Say this with me. It doesn't maintain, 
It multiplies. We go from glory to glory, not debt to debt. We're called, Luke 19, 13, we're called to occupy until he returns. What do you think that means? You want to change the world? Own the block. I'm all for prayer, but I'm also for action, okay? Like the strip clubs on 60. I drive back and forth to South Tampa and here. I just came from South Tampa and preached, and I'm coming back here. I drive past them, and I pray for those girls. I do. But you want to know the best way to make sure that doesn't happen again? By the street. All the land on either side. I'll take it another further. Buy the land, close the strip club, lead the owner to Jesus, put him employed, employ him to run the business you do plant there. Because he's got business skills. So get him sanctified, give him a job. You're telling me we aren't advancing the kingdom at that point? There's one ministry, I can't think of its name, in Cambodia where they literally... They take pimps and, and drug users. They came through here. Oh, my goodness. I'll remember it in a second. They take people who are trafficking women and show them how much, much, how much more money they can make teaching MMA. You can make twice as much as you're making. If you come in here, learn these fighting skills and teach it to these younger kids. They want to learn. They teach them skills out of that profession, and trafficking is going down. Hello? That's the family business of God. Kingdom of God, stewardship equals multiplication. Stand up with me. I'm going to have our prayer team come down here. This is what we're doing now. We're responding. Every week, we're going to, I'm going to call you to respond. If you don't like conviction, you should stop coming, okay? I'm going to call you to respond. Boldly call you to respond. We're going to pull down these lights. Gigi's going to play a song, and we're going to respond to the Lord. Every person in this room, I want you to close your eyes right now and ask the Lord, what is my response to be? What am I, how am I supposed to respond to this? Holy Spirit, show us right now what our response is to be. And let me just say to this whole room, if you're breathing, God has given you the gift of life. You need to steward it. What are you doing with the life God gave you is the question today. Are you using your time, talent, treasure to serve the Lord and bless others? Or are you only living for yourself? And if you've never given your life to Jesus, then you are in no position to multiply the life Jesus has given you. Let me say it again. If you've never given your life to Jesus, then you are in no position to multiply the life Jesus has given you. Come down right now. I want everyone to pray. Just start praying, church. If you don't know Jesus, come down to this prayer team right now. If you are stuck, if you're stuck in cycles of poverty that you want to break, come down right now. Don't wait. Come to the prayer team right now. Humble yourself. Nobody's looking at you anyway. Come down right now and receive prayer. If you've gotten into something like a, you've been swallowed up by debt and you don't know how to get out and you need wisdom and strategy, come down right now. What are you doing? Walk. Get your feet moving right now. If I'm not talking to you, ask the Lord. Pray to the God of the harvest for those who don't know Jesus in this room. Pray for your family members who don't are not even in the kingdom, much less able to multiply what the kingdom gives them. Pray right now. And we're going to sing this song. Lift your voice to the Lord. Say, Lord, help us. Pray for the church. Help the church grow in these things. Come on, help us, Lord. Sing hallelujah, you have saved me. Come on.
Come on. Amen. Come down. Do not wait. Don't wait another second. Come on. The Lord wants to give you life and life abundantly. If you're watching my live stream, just ask the Lord. Lord, can I have life? Will you give me your life? I give you my life. Come on. Marriages that are fighting over money. I'm not talking about small squabbles. I mean, money is ruining your relationship. Get down here right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Come on. We're going to respond to the Lord. Come on, church, pray. Pray for your brother, your sister on your left and your right. Bless the Lord. Come on, we're responding to Jesus. So much better your way. Your ways are the best way, Father. Teach us your ways. Surrender to the Lord. Come on, pray that. We say yes to your ways, Lord. We say yes to your kingdom ways. Lead us, God. Lord, lead us in your ways. Come on, one more time. Let's sing hallelujah. Let's lift our voices, church. Sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have saved so much better your way. So much better your way. Hallelujah, great defender. God, we thank you for all that you're doing right now in this room, on this live stream. God, we bless you for your works. Your works are wonderful. And God, we ask for the Holy Spirit to move in power today. Transform us from the inside out. Get those who don't know you, Lord, and pull them here. Pull them into your heart by the, your spirit. Lord, let the lost be found. Let the found be free. And let us rise up and make peace in our city, Lord. Use us. Here I am I, send me. Yeah, some of y'all just need to say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. You know what you're supposed to do. You just need to give up. I give up, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do what you're calling me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Here's what we're going to do. 
This might feel a little weird, but Gigi, I'm gonna ask you to keep playing for a little bit. I want, we're just gonna say, God bless you. If you need to get your kids, please get them. If you need prayer, come down. We're gonna pull up these lights. If you just wanna hug somebody and leave, be blessed. We're just gonna sit in this moment for a little bit. Bless you guys, have a great week. If you needed to respond, but you didn't, get down here. We'll pull more prayer team members up. If you don't know Jesus, do not leave, man. He wants to give you the kingdom. Otherwise, bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.